0: Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash, Rico Lever. Welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, the game show where you can place bets on whether Dr. Steve can make it off the ranch. Today's answer, a resounding no. So I am in my dining room, the harsh light. James, it's making me look unattractive, and that's not really something I am. You know what I'm talking about.
1: You are a beautiful, beautiful man, and I am not lying at all. (laughs) You definitely don't (laughs) frighten small animals and children as you approach.
0: Well, he is James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. I'm Steve, Dr. Steve Olivas. And we bring our hijinks and our sunny dispositions because we are two beings filled with light to your phone every week. And uh, James, we are having snow snowmageddon down here in Tennessee, but you're having like Arctic chillmageddon up there. Are you guys surviving?
1: Yeah, we actually have uh, blankets covering all our windows and doors. Usually if you see this, it means you live in a sketchy apartment building and you don't, know, <laughs> you don't want people on the outside to know what you're up to, especially the police. Uh, but now that's just everybody here. That's just how we live our lives. But I've got to know, you live up on top of a hill in a warm and sunny land, unaccustomed to snow. So what, what is snow snowmageddon yeah. down there? Is it a, a millimeter of snow, two millimeters? Walk me through it.
0: I believe it or not. When I got up this morning, the dog kind of followed me into the kitchen just long enough to go. And then he went back to bed. So I didn't have to take him out. I haven't been outside yet, but it appears we got ah, three, maybe four inches. So school will be probably canceled (laughs) for the rest of the week.
1: Uh, if not the rest of the year, I mean, three to four inches—that's—that's that's over your ankle. I can't imagine any modern society coping with that much snow. So uh, Godspeed, it's, Steve. It's, we'll all be, we'll it's be still
0: snowing, James. <laughs> we might pick up upwards of another half inch of snow. Do you understand?
1: I, I do not. This is uh, this. This would be a minor inconvenience anywhere else. Although, actually, <laughs> um, up here it's so cold they didn't even. They didn't even go out and and put the beet juice on the roads because it doesn't work below a certain temperature. I think it was negative yeah. eight this morning before the wind chill, and the yeah. county just throws up their hands. They're like, "Eh, figure it out on your own." And so that, that's where we are. We're at the figure it out on your own stage. So we we're <laughs> making do. The uh, the breweries were still open here. The restaurants yeah. were still open. So yesterday afternoon, when it was negative nine thousand degrees, we of course <laughs> went out and walked to a brewery and had ourselves a fine afternoon because on Sundays the pitchers are super discounted and then we walked back and we picked up some pizza and it was a good day so we we are surviving this uh, deathly cold just fine and only a few of us froze to death
0: well i mean and you're gonna lose a few soldiers in any battle so you've got to kind of minimize the losses but expect a few so you at least james you live in a location you're you're in a very cool little town because you are suburbia but you're kind of small townish Insofar as you can walk to most anything in town, we're uh, about 10 miles from town, so we might as well be on the moon. We, We have no breweries, we have no restaurants that are within reach.
1: Well, not only are you 10 miles from town, but your only path to anything is the highway. Like It's not exactly yeah. pedestrian friendly. If just imagine, I mean, if you go out there walking in the deathly cold and slick snow, I mean, there's a 100% chance everyone is going to run you over. I mean, they would probably aim for you. And if you <laughs> didn't want to do that, I guess you'd have to like trek cross country uh, through all that snow, over the hills and dales, over barbed wire fence, and through the properties of about 100 people who are armed and dangerous and just looking for a chance to shoot an intruder, leaving a very clear and trackable trail on the snow.
0: I would wear bright orange, that is for sure. (laughs) We did, when we lived in Baltimore in the mid-90s, we were there for what was called the storm of the century at the time. There has since been a worse one that hit the East Coast, but back, this was like 1995-96, that winter between those two years, and uh, we lived in a neighborhood that had a grocery store in the neighborhood, but it was probably... A half to three quarters of a mile from our, our apartment's location. We were in an apartment complex on the edge of that little development. But, point is, when uh, Snowmageddon hit, we got 48 inches of snow, oh and my we gosh. pulled out our cross country skis and we cross country skied to the store to get some stuff. So, we really did go uh, over hills and dales with our skis. And I do remember the plows were out. And uh, we were skiing on the road because that was the most obvious place to ski. And I remember panicking, thinking, I got to get out of the way or I'm going to get killed by this plow. Because snow plow drivers, their job is to clear everything off the trees. (laughs) Flora, fauna, doesn't matter what it is. Everything's going off of that street, including uh, future Dr. Steve.
1: I can't even imagine 48 inches. I mean, at that point, what do you plow? Like, where does the snow go? You can't even push it anywhere. That is, uh, yeah, man. Well,
0: that's always an issue. And you don't have a driveway, but I'm sure you grew up with driveways where the snow plow would come through and bury your driveway. Like, you'd have probably a four or five foot wall of snow, like an ice shelf that you'd have to pick through to get the car out.
1: Yeah, and if you don't shovel it right away, it does become an ice shelf. It melts just a little bit and then refreezes, and then it is hard as rock, and you are just stuck. That is that is just your life now. You have a you have a mountain at the end of your driveway, and it is up to you to deal with. I mean, some it, now people, you know, they get the snowblowers. So you just so around here, we don't get enough snow for everybody to have a snowblower, but we get enough snow that there's like one guy with a snowblower who gets yeah. really excited once every other year when there is in fact enough snow to blow, and he goes through and he does the sidewalks for like a six-block span in every direction. He's just so excited. He also uh, he also had a uh, a plow for the front of his jeep he's one of those guys oh, yeah. yeah man he, he would come through i remember one day uh, i was you know desperately trying to dig out for work and just out of nowhere comes this jeep and just boom takes you know 30 <laughs> minutes of work and does it in half a second that guy is my hero, i know right? yes and i don't know I why just a
0: con-
1: go oh, ahead, ahead. I, just, oh, I, I don't know compl- why he has all these, all these toys, I guess, just so he can be the hero once every two years. You know what? I, I support that use of money. He's a single guy. There's no spouse to say, why are you <laughs> buying this for once every two years? And he just gets, once every two years, he gets to be Winter Batman. And I think that's wonderful for society.
0: I'll tell you, that blade will probably pay for itself in a season or two because shopping centers and grocery stores, they all pay those guys to come in and plow their, uh, their parking lots. And uh, you can pocket some coin doing that, just taking a half an hour and getting the, the buy and bag parking lot cleared.
1: You know, and it looks like a lot of fun, too. But the thing is, I don't think this guy does that. I think he just does the neighborhood. I think it's just for his own recreational use. Yeah, I, really? <laughs> I mean, that, like, that, that does sound like a fun time. I, <laughs> I abhor all work and all things productive. But you stick a blade in the front of a, you know, a four-wheel drive truck and tell me to go nuts in a parking lot, I could, I could have fun with that for an hour or two.
0: You know, part of his job is to remain clear and organized with where the snow goes, break well, So you can't get all liquored up and do donuts out there with that blade.
1: Well, you can once. You just don't get in your repeat business. So, you know, it's all about <laughs> making the most of the opportunities you're given.
0: I just had this conversation. This is what I was going to say a second ago with my mother because my father's health is not good. And my parents got about 18 inches of snow oh, no. over the last couple of days. So my mother had to be out there with a shovel and snowblower. she's <laughs> 74 years old. And I was like, will you guys please hire a guy with a plow on the front of his pickup truck to come through? Because what takes her three hours to do, like you said, he could probably do not even exaggerating in eight minutes, just get the whole driveway cleared out and uh, be done with it. It's worth the investment.
1: Right. Your mom is only 74. I mean, that's like two years older than you. I, I don't understand this age range. I think, I think your parents are within a couple years of age of my wife's parents. I, I don't, and you're the youngest of like 15 kids. No, no,
0: I'm way the old. My parents were ridiculously young when they oh, had me. Oh, so. okay,
1: I've got the order over. That that makes more sense now. So they were like they were like 15, and you were born. You were born 20 <laughs> years old, and then that's how the math checks
0: out. Oh my God! Yeah, my youngest brother is 15 years younger than me.
1: Oh man, that's yeah. I I mean, I got one of those. My youngest brother's 22 years younger than me. See, my mom, uh, she was 19 when she had me, so I'm I'm pretty close in age to my parents too. Then my other brother, the one who's 22 years younger than me, I mean, he's he's uh, in the entire other. You know, he there was like a man i guess yeah she was in her 40s when she had him so uh yeah that's a, she went from being the absolute youngest parent in class to being the grandmother <laughs> like literally the grandmother in class it is you know we we go through that with our own kids though with our oldest you know we were the we were the young parents or youngish parents we had our first at 25 and then 8 years later you get to the other one You're like look at those people they had kids in their 30s who are they you know, <laughs> the... we've
0: got uh, a couple that uh, that a couple friend of ours are Mennonites, and uh, they're still pumping out kids. Uh, it kind of depends on the wife, of course, but the husband is a year older than me. He's fifty-seven, and uh, she's pregnant. <laughs> and oh. he plans on keeping on going. And they've got nine kids already. They're about to have their tenth. But they are—they're
1: happy. Like they just want to keep having kids. That's what they do. I. I I don't even know what to say to that. How old is she?
0: I don't know how old she is. I don't know. I'm always kind of afraid to ask because (laughs) it usually pops into my head in context with these types of conversations I have with my buddy Nathan. But uh, no, I have no idea how old she is. Their oldest is 17 or 18 now. And uh, at some point, we'll hire him to work out here, do some stuff on the ranch, but... That's them. That's their life, and now, uh, they've got a beautiful house. They got a cool business. And what are you going to do?
1: We have we have Amish up here. We don't have Mennonites. And I believe we've had a similar conversation to this before. And you got us canceled yeah. off the Mennonite Amish <laughs> internet. Uh, but what is do they do? Mennonites use electricity, or are they like Amish light? I <clears> don't. <throat>
0: Yeah, okay. so uh, they or their family runs a business. They run the the Amish store. I call it the Amish store up
1: there. Oh, but Mennonites. That, that, that's probably that's probably what got us canceled last time, Steve. We just we've learned nothing in our three month <laughs> hiatus. Absolutely nothing. I think when we said this before, it was something about that one or the other. I think maybe Mennonites can wear bright colors. And Amish can't. And one or the other can use buttons. Somebody's going to jump in here and correct us. And it's probably going to be the same person who corrected us last time. They're going to be so disappointed at the lack of learning and personal growth that we both experienced here.
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure they have buttons. They don't wear bright colors. They do use electricity. And uh, according to my buddy Ernie, uh, who does promotions and marketing for their store, some of them don't like their photo taken and some don't mind their photo taken. So I I do think there is kind of a more conservative, less conservative continuum, even among the Mennonites.
1: Well, maybe it's not more conservative, less conservative. Maybe it's just ugly and not ugly. I mean, you've probably got some (laughs) workers out there who want their picture taken, and then you've got a few Dr. Steves in the Mennonite community. who are like, maybe we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we don't snap this picture. Is your dog barking in the Uh, background? No. Oh, okay. I thought I thought I heard the dog. I've never heard the dog before. Wait, it was just...
0: I hear it too, but it's on my headphones. Isn't it your place?
1: No, no. Do we have a ghost dog in the, in the <laughs> broadcast?
0: <laughs> That's not what coyotes sound like, so it's not the coyotes. Although I will be out looking for tracks later.
1: Oh, yeah. No, so I don't you know can... what that is. Huh. Well, how about that? It's probably probably the the Mennonite uh, the Mennonite religious community coming for us. I don't think it wasn't you couldn't use buttons. It was like you the buttons had to be like hidden by a flap of fabric, something along. Yeah, those yeah, lines. inside.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: There was, uh, we went out to, uh, there's a, a state park uh, an hour from here or so called Turkey Run, and uh, it's gorgeous. It's got this, um, it's, it's all, you know, caverns have been carved and big canyons and stuff. It's like the Indiana's <laughs> version of the Grand Canyon. It's, it's, it's actually pretty spectacular. I mean, you can be 30 or 40, they have 30 or 40 foot high rock walls on either side of you when you're walking down there. But we were there. And there were three big buses when we started our walk, but the people in the buses were already on the trail. When we got out there, uh, they were um, Mennonites or Amish, one or the other. I think I think they, they were the ones that could have the bright colors, because there were some greens and reds out there, but man, they were Ooh. just mobs of them. And I think I think the purpose was to make the boys and the girls mingle. I think that's what this was. This was a co-ed trip. A co-ed trip out in the woods. Uh, But you know what, though? All the boys clumped together, and all the girls clumped (laughs) together. (laughs) Except for one. There was one Mennonite boy out there who who was up with the Mennonite girls like, that guy. That guy has figured it out. He's living in the year 3000 here, and all these other dude bros, they just, you know, guys are the same. It's just like the middle school dance. All the guys go to one side, all the girls go to one side, and the first guy who figures out how to how to cross that line man all all guys are the same
0: <laughs> well uh yeah, i don't know what the rules are about marrying, but I do know Nathan is looking at his i think his son is he might be eighteen now, but he's like, we got to get him, we got to get him moving along here. we need grandchildren, so man. they are very pro family, yeah
1: that is, but uh... they
0: take care of their families like uh it's it's an interesting community, and we're we're glad to be. Uh, sort of, uh, I don't even know what the Shikta Goy version of Amish and Mennonite is, but we seem to be kind of kissed into the, the community up there.
1: I, uh, I don't know why they would ever accept you. What what do you, Steve Olivas, have to offer to these hardworking, good, wholesome people?
0: I have myself to offer, James. <laughs> the, the power is within me, according to uh, the Shazam movie that we watched yesterday and uh, they recognize that I am filled with eternal light.
1: First of all, Shazam, great movie, I actually really enjoyed that one. Uh, Second of all, what you actually probably offer them is an endless supply of work. They look at you, they look at your haunted (laughs) property, they look at your skill level, and they say, this guy, this guy doesn't have what it takes to survive out here, especially if, God forbid, there ever be three to four inches of snow, and he will keep us in paid labor until the end of time.
0: (laughs) Well, We are more than happy to have the help, that's for sure. I call that a win-win, Breakwell. I don't know what you got going on there because I'm sure you do all of the upgrades and home improvements on your own.
1: Man, I had to, uh, so I've I've got two reliable contractors. I've got a plumber and I've got an electrician. I call and they're out here and they do a great job. Everybody else I have contact with is terrible. It costs me a bunch of money. (laughs) Nothing works. I got a plumber and I got an electrician. But man, I had to call my electrician three times about my dishwasher. And the last time he came out here, he just said, if this doesn't fix it, you just need to do dishwasher. Like there is nothing else. It is beyond the power of an electrician to fix. They fixed what's in the wall. They fixed what's in the bottom of the dishwasher. It just. There's there's nothing left, man. I just we're gonna have to take that thing out back and shoot it pretty soon. And I gotta say, we get when that thing's down for a week at a time, it is the worst thing. I feel like I am in the Amish community that if you have to wash your own dishes, you might as well oh, be out yeah. in a, you know out in the river beating your clothes on a rock. It yeah. just you go back in time two hundred years, and it is the worst thing ever. And also somehow uh, we're a family of six, but we use a thousand plates and two thousand cups a day. It blows my mind. Like lately. You you know, I've been working from home, so I've been trying to stay on top of the chores more when I get breaks and things. I don't have that commute anymore. But man, I, I'll get the whole the whole kitchen clean, lunch rolls around, it looks like I never did a thing. It's like there were four kids home during this time. <laughs> should be four plates, four cups, but somehow <clears throat> uh, it's about a thousand times that. So I, I can't explain it. Maybe, maybe our kitchen is haunted. I don't know.
0: It is amazing how kids exponentially increase everything's cost, expense, and... and When Mrs. Steve and I are here, we go through one garbage can worth of garbage every week. We take one little bag to the dump and talk to Donnie. When my son was here, like, I have to pack the car every week to go over to the dump. And it's the same with laundry. Like, uh, when he comes over just to say hi, we know that there's going to be a cost. And usually it's he has this basket of laundry. My wife... She washed and folded. He was sick for a little while while he was here. She washed and folded his laundry. And she sent me a text and said, I'm going to make part of this up to get to the punchline. But she said he had like 12 shirts. He had uh, seven pairs of socks, three pairs of pants, one pair of underpants. And I'm like, that's my boy. That's what you do when you're sick. Underpants are optional.
1: Yeah, we run into that too. We go through the laundry of which there are mountains and only a fraction of it's in the laundry room. And it's, you do the math it 's like there there have been more days than underwear here, and it's <laughs> we, we have the clothing for it. Just change your clothes and like showers are happening, so i don 't know why the changing of clothes is not <laughs> happening or if like clothes are just disappearing i don 't know i don 't ask too many questions but yeah, my uh, my wife 's parents go through something similar to you, so they 've got uh, you know i guess her parents and your parents are about the same age, but they uh, they have a a bag of like a bag within a bag like a little walmart grocery sack within their bigger gro- within their bigger trash bag because they never fill that bigger trash bag they just fill their little <laughs> tiny bag and then toss it out and i cannot yeah. imagine living with that little waste it just does not compute
0: i can't imagine you must have like one of those construction dumpsters out back that gets emptied every week what is it like garbage wise when you have four kids the two of you and a whole bunch of pets
1: let me tell you, the best money I ever spent. They, uh, the, yeah. the local trash company, they give you one of these big old trash cans for free. And it's lifted with the mechanical arm now, so you can't put bags beside the trash can. It's all got to be inside. And I paid for a second trash can. Let me tell you something. I'm living high on the hog these days. 15 bucks a month. That's like a Netflix subscription. I used it for a second trash can. And I don't regret it for a second, man. It's yeah. There are times over Christmas where we filled both of those. And it was getting dicey. Like, man, am I going to have to get a third? But so far, for the most part, two makes it. And we don't have to worry about what we throw away. We can just throw away everything. And life is grand.
0: So you can't so your guy doesn't get out of the truck even if something is lying next to the garbage can?
1: nope, that was the new rule they made, which honestly I approve it. It's, it's 2024. Why should they have to go and like throw out their backs lifting this stuff when there's a giant machine on this garbage truck to lift it? So that's the rule. You got to put it in there. You can pay for extra for like this giant side bag that they will pick up or you can add a second trash can. And then once a month, they have big trash day where they have guys in smaller trucks come around and you can throw away a, a couch or a mattress or whatever else you want. It's a it's dishwasher. A good, yeah. 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 It's a good system. And we live in a civilization here, and uh, there are rules, and I, unlike you, abide by those rules. And that's why I can live in a town and not 10 miles out in the middle of nowhere.
0: <laughs> so the truck, when it comes by, does the guy have to get out and like position the can toward the mechanical arm?
1: Yes, I think there is a guy who positions the can. I believe there is a can positioner. But he is no longer a can lifter, which, I mean, is a big upgrade in quality of life.
0: (laughs) Well, I suppose. But you would think if you've got a couple little bags there, he could just sort of use like a centripetal force and uh, just sort of cantilever those things into the back of the truck, regardless of how heavy they are.
1: Yeah, but you're thinking you're thinking small here, so I put out a little extra bag, and the guy next to me puts out a little extra bag, and pretty soon you have 10,000 extra bags, and it takes them three times <laughs> as long. Or we could just put it upon each individual person to take their little bag and shove it into that trash can with all their might. So here's, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing about having this yeah. mechanical arm. Like, it is a dispensation yeah. from all trash guilt. If I want to throw away, like, surplus 25 bags of sand... Bricks, things that probably shouldn't go in there. If those things are at the bottom of the trash can, it doesn't matter that my trash can weighs 500 pounds. Nobody's going to get a hernia from this thing. That mechanical arm doesn't know it, just scoops it up and tosses it away. Like if you wanted to get rid of a dead body, this is the way you do it. You can put a whole person in there. You put some straw on top. That thing's going to toss it away, and they'd never know otherwise. So it's, it's really it's wow. really a good system, and I'm sure you now regret living out in the country.
0: No, are you kidding? I brought stuff to the dump, and I'll say to Donnie, like, hey, uh, what do I do with this thing? And he's like, ah, throw it in. (laughs) And I'll throw whatever in. And he pushes the button, and the big plunger shoves it all into the giant dumpster, and we never see it again. Nor will that story ever be spoken of out loud between us. Donnie is my guy. We gave him a nice (laughs) Christmas tip this year.
1: My uh, my wife is real touchy about like what we throw away. She's like, well, we could take this to electronic recycling, or isn't that technically toxic? You know what? It, it all goes out <laughs> there, man. It just and even even electronic. I mean, recycling. I am kind of of the opinion <laughs> that recycling in general is a scam, but specifically electronic recycling is really a scam because it's not like they're carefully disassembling these you know these electronics and in, in saving yeah. all the parts. It's like they're just cracking them apart, pulling out any precious metals, and the rest of it goes in the trash. Anyway, I'm just saving a step. I don't want to wait six weeks for the next e-recycling day. I just want this thing gone. I've got two (laughs) giant trash cans that make anything disappear. If that old printer is available and my wife's not looking, it's going in the trash can (laughs) and no one will be the wiser.
0: God, before we had Donnie, before we had an inside guy. My son and I used to go on runs where we would put whatever contraband we're trying to get rid of in the back of the car. And we would go to apartment complexes in Nashville under the cover of darkness and throw it in their big community bins. (laughs) But now we got Donnie. Now I got a guy.
1: You have been a rule breaker going all the way back, and I can only imagine the (laughs) lessons you have taught to your son. He is going to be a trash (laughs) bandit, a human raccoon, and you have unleashed him upon the world, and when he's out doing his bad deeds, he won't even have clean underwear.
0: Well, it depends on if he's sick or not.
1: (laughs) I suppose. Mrs. Mrs. Steve might follow him later in life, make sure those underwear are washed.
0: That's right. That's right. Live fast, die young, wear clean underwear. That's my motto. This is, uh, yeah. Well, Brinkwell, uh, as we... Oh, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I'm, you know what? We can't do a clean outro anymore. Just, just do your... I, I can tell you're trying to get me off here. You've got a work day ahead of you. You've got important things. You've got a snowmageddon to survive. And here I am just trying to keep the conversation going. So I will step aside and let you do a proper outro and let you screw it up well, on I'm your gonna, own.
0: I'm, I'm going to need you for part of it because oh. I want to know. Do we have a 10 minutes to save your marriage question, or do we need to make another plea to our vast worldwide audience? We we do, and
1: actually... I failed. I was going to say, maybe I need to double check that email address to make sure it actually works. it's one I only use for that. What? So maybe people need to give out a secondary email address just in case. Uh, so if you, uh, I'll tell you what, if you want to, if you want to email since I have not tested it because you know, how oh dare God. I not prepare for this podcast. If you want to send this out this time, why don't you email Dr. Steve, Just email him oh. with your, with your concerns, whatever your relationship question is, just shoot it at us <laughs> and make the recording session last 10 minutes longer, which will truly kill Steve and make me happy. So, what's that email address, Steve?
0: It is uh, steve.olivas and the number two at gmail.com. Steve.olivas2, because there was a Steve.olivas, and so I had to put the number two back there to distinguish me from whoever the imposter was. Steve.olivas2 at gmail.com.
1: You are only the second best Steve Olivas, and that's not even, I mean, that that really kind of sums up your whole existence and value as a human being and how you are regarded by the Mennonite community. All right, get us that out felt, of here. That
0: was a compliment. Wow. <laughs> well, this wraps up our second in a row. James, I feel like a new sober person at AA. Like, we've got two under our belt, and let's just keep going. I expect a nice chip from you at the end of 30 days, by the way. If you want to join all the fun, frivolity, and everything that keeps us from thinking about why we keep getting out of bed every morning, this is uh, join us again next week. But until then, this is Steve Lee. it's Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn. Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and pay attention because I'm not going to screw this up because two wrongs can make a right.